Hello and welcome to Sunnydale Study Group, the podcast for returning Scoobies and Buffy newbies. I'm Omar. I'm Chris. And I'm Holland. We are going episode by episode of the show Buffy the Vampire Slayer and using those episodes to talk about life things. Today we'll be discussing episode 7 of season 3, Revelations. Let's head into the library. We sort of had our own little Sorry. door squeak there with the chair, didn't we? Yeah, I switched to a spinnier chair for back support, but it uh, is backfiring. Hey! Ah. Oh, man. Sorry. That just made me realize I'm, I might go to Disney tomorrow. But what? I, yeah, I might go to Disneyland tomorrow, but I really want to stay to go see World of Color, but I also have a lot that I need to get done. So when are you going out. to Disney tomorrow? I might. This wasn't a plan. I just might go. Well, Annabot texted. Like, oh, you Disneyland? Yeah. And I was like, do I want to? Yes. She did have not I, text Do I deserve me. it? Do you? Are you interested? Anyway. I mean, I have plans, but if you're going to Disney, I might cancel them. I was just going to go to the movies. Well, I could use Disneyland, but I haven't earned it. I really want to go to Disneyland. You know what? Think it over. Let it wash over. Are you giving me the finger? And then hopefully. <laughs> it looked like, in all fairness, listeners, it looked like Holland was giving Chris the finger. <laughs> not on purpose. <laughs> Maybe it was a subtle finger give. It was sort of a it Freudian was like finger. It was like subconscious, like... It was an FF, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, Yikes. a Freudian finger. We have come to some revelations. <laughs> Freudian finger doesn't Freudian finger sounds though. terrible. I erased that. Uh, I'm going to just say a Jungian flip-off. Right. Uh, perfect. So, yeah, let's, uh, let's jump right into this episode. So much happens. I want to talk about the biggest thing in this episode. Oh, wait, what's that? You might have not watched the episode. <laughs> I completely understand. There's a lot that happens. Maybe you got locked somewhere. Maybe you caught your friends doing something they shouldn't have been doing. Maybe you fell on something and got severely injured. Well, don't worry about it because Chris is going to explain to you this entire episode in five easy, heartbreaking sentences. So, Chris, take it away. Faith and Buffy are continuing their two-slayer activity when a woman who is mysterious and British arrives and lets Giles know that her name is Gwendolyn Post and that she has been sent by the Watcher's Council to not only take over as Faith's Watcher, but to observe Giles's relationship with Buffy as well, which is not necessarily fully pleasing the Council. One. Willow and Xander, meanwhile, are starting to frisk a bit here and there. Uh, <laughs> like they're the TSA. <laughs> Wait, I'm going to start that one again. <laughs> okay. Uh, a demon named Lagos <laughs> is searching for the glove of Minigan that he is going to use to destroy the world, presumably, as demons in Sunnydale tend to want to do. And Gwendolyn Post, who is very unimpressed with Giles' collection and his general stature as a man entirely... Uh, taunts him and Buffy is set on the task of figuring out what the hell's going on with this Lagos guy and this glove of Minigan who is pretty easily findable. He's not a and is and is not a subtle demon by any means. He just kind of walks around. Two. Thank you for allowing that to just be two. Uh... Ze Buffy and Angel, <laughs> Xander and Willow. Sorry, Three tensions and four. are <laughs> tensions are high as Xander and Willow make out in their search for Spock. stuff about in their search for Spock in their search for details on the glove of Minigan, which prompts Xander to storm off trying to be useful, and in the process, 
sees Angel carrying the glove of Minigan himself and is so shocked and sickened by it that he tracks Angel back to his mansion where he's making out with Buffy. Mansion? Three. Yeah, he lives in a mansion. That's not really a They call it the mansion. Okay, but that's true. Okay. Yeah, he lives in an abandoned mansion. Yeah, just... Not abandoned no more. Just doesn't seem like a typical. Angel don't live here no more. Wow, that's a or Drusilla. Drusilla don't don't live here no more. That's a 1998 throwback. Yeah, is Drusilla there? Hell no. (laughs) Um, (laughs) the gang interventions Buffy, revealing to her that they are extremely upset with her that she's been hiding Angel, and it causes a rift between her and Giles. And there's he who is what sentence am I on? Four? This is your fourth, your penultimate sentence. Oh, jeez. Um, and you're in the middle of it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and it causes huge friction between Buffy and all members of the Scooby gang, causing Buffy to flee but remain on task and the Slayer, but Giles casts her off and in his exploration of the Glove of Minigan situation reveals the key piece of what they need to know to Gwendolyn Post, who knocks him unconscious because it turns out she's not on the level at all and wasn't sent by the council and is actually out for her own selfish purposes and wants to get the Glove of Minigan. Four. Um, Xander at the Bronze has told Faith that Angel is still alive, which makes Faith furious because she feels like everyone is turning on her in this episode. And she runs to Angel's mansion where he is in the process of trying to destroy the glove of Minigan. And there is a giant showdown where Faith tries to kill Angel and Buffy stops her and they fight and Gwendolyn Post puts on the glove and so much happens. I only have five senses, this one is so intense. And it turns into a giant showdown where Buffy chops off Gwendolyn Post's arm that has the glove on it and she explodes and everybody knows that Angel's back and is good, but all is not well. Five! You did it! it you right. did it! It was there's a lot in this one. Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot in this. This is a It's a Thanos episode as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. Right? I'm that looks so much like yeah. the gauntlet. Yeah. I mean I know it is a gauntlet. I like <laughs> Part of me is kind of annoyed by, she seems defeated like weirdly easily. It's one of those things because they're like, oh, don't touch the glove because it can't be removed. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. So she has to kill, but it's just like, she throws that glass perfectly and slices off the arm, but I don't understand. So I guess that means like she can't live without the lightning. Yeah. Without the gloves protection, she's she's, eviscerated. She can't hold the energy. She can't ride the Which lightning? makes sense. So it's like, I didn't think she would hold the energy, but I also just thought she would kind of just be like amputated. Yeah. Like it seemed like one of those That's situations where it would just be like, oh, no more arm. But they probably yeah. don't want to deal with her. Yeah. Yeah. And then also for a moment, I was like, did Buffy just kill a person? And yeah. it's like, no, Buffy dismembered a person. Yeah. And, and, and a bad person. Yeah. But still, even, you know, the, the Slayer code is to not kill people and some slayers yeah. yeah but it was it was pretty similar to when uh it was like like the with the mask type deal where it's like the zombie else? cat episode yeah why can't i remember that episode oh dead man? man's party dead, dead man's, man's party. party oh where pat episode gets two. killed yeah yeah, yeah. just because she has the mask yeah so it's like totally. yeah. also weirdly easily defeated it was a little sudden okay but i think that the main she's almost kind of 
She, yes, she's the main villain of the episode, but at the same time... It's more of an ensemble. Yeah. It's the, the villain of the episode is that this is the first time yeah. Faith and Buffy lock Clash. horns. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's, the, it's so good. Mm-hmm. I love this episode to me because it also doesn't land in... It's, it hurts, but it doesn't land in like a season two hurt place. Yeah. And much of season three doesn't necessarily land in as depressing of a place as season two, which is what I like about it because it's like... Revelation, so much is going on. That scene with them in the library is just like so uncomfortable and Xander's being such a bastard. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, they're feeling passionate about it because it is shady that Buffy was keeping that a secret. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Secrets, I mean, this is a through line in like lots of Jots and stuff where that's the easiest way to break up a team is throwing secrets, right? Mm-hmm. Like secrets between the, the Tams and the rest of the crew. Yeah. For mm-hmm. one, uh, in Avengers, all of S.H.I.E.L.D. secrets, right? Yep. That's how they break those up. Uh, uh, um, uh, Tony's secrets and Ultron, you know? Yeah. All this stuff. Angel, which we won't get into the details of it, but there's a lot of secret oh, yeah, keeping yeah. that really makes some challenges. And I think it totally works. Like, it totally, like, you understand, like, why certain things need to be kept secrets, but, like, even now we're seeing in the trailers for, like, Civil War and stuff, which hasn't come out yet. It won't come mm-hmm. out by the time this episode's out, so we all, I don't think anyone knows quite exactly what's happened in it, the unless Spider-Man's you're the Russo brothers, yeah. except for the fact that Spider-Man's in it. Um is that's also another thing right it looks like there's like secrets being kept from other from different people and that's what breaks up a team yeah, yeah. it's it undermines trust yeah 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 and that's why the scene with giles is the most powerful because man his whole bit about he's like angel tortured me for hours yeah for pleasure mm-hmm. and that's not just something he's going to forget yeah uh and i like the way that xander says it at the table where he says she said she swears that he's clean. Mm-hmm. I like that because it plays the way that Angel that Xander phrases that. And this is a Doug Petrie episode, who's also he's currently a Daredevil, Daredevil guy. guy. Yeah, uh, Doug. Uh, so uh, it makes it the drug addiction metaphor. Yeah, that it's like oh, but it says that he's not the guy that he was. She mm. swears that he's clean. Yeah. I had one of my favorite professors in college, Professor Sarkar. We were doing postmodern, uh, or yeah, it's contemporary film theory, but really it's contemporary culture theory. And he brought up Buffy a lot. And he talked about how Buffy's so great because it's a show that has so many fantasy elements that is pulling, that really boils down to a real grain. And he's like, that I think is really effective storytelling and makes it so much easier for you to focus characters around something mm-hmm. lots of times we tell stories and we're not exactly sure what that grain is and he's like it doesn't have to be anything huge it could even in this even though that isn't the main drive of the episode is uh treating angel like a junkie right he referred yeah. to another episode that has more to do with junkie stuff that's later in the show yeah um but he was like but we understand that and we still need a structure to base our ideas off of whereas if it's still in this world of Vampires exist, which we have to accept. Buffy's in love with a vampire, which we have to accept. She's a slayer, which we have to accept. And that this is what brings them all apart. It's harder than just Doug throwing in, well, think of it as if your friend was into a, a, yeah. a drug junkie. And I mean, I think like uh, Band Candy does the same thing with the chocolate. Yeah, because yeah. Because it's like all of, they are all addicted to, and they make it like an addiction thing. Like, oh, there's candy. Like, oh, I want more candy. This guy's getting yeah. more candy. I want this candy. Mm-hmm. Um, and the candy could vary its totally a drug metaphor 
Um, it's there. Like, you yeah. just, it's, they do this so well in the show. Like, in improv, we know, like, it's always the, the game that you're playing is, what if this happened, right? Like, what if twins had to, you know, go on a date with one person or something like that? It's a terrible example. Sitcom, stop <laughs> using it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Keep using it. Do whatever you want. What do I know? Not... <laughs> uh, but if you're hiring for a Sister Sister reboot, please let me know. I've got several spec episodes ready. That's all I wanted to say. Mary Kate and Ashley <laughs> did that a lot in their stuff, too. In their movies? Yeah. They'd go on dates with the same guy. It happened in Switching Goals. No, in Would Switching you... Goals, one of them had to soccer do a soccer movie, thing. Right? Yeah, so it was like Mary Kate had to go on to the date for Ashley, but Mary Kate was like the tomboy one. Oh, but yeah. But so I think Ashley had to do the soccer thing, and then Mary Kate had to do the date, and Ashley was like, don't eat. F-. And this, I don't know why this stuck in my brain, but it's like if you're going on a date, don't eat anything with like cheese. Because, like, the cheese gets stringy and sticks to your oh, face. Oh. I remember in their show, they were talking about how they couldn't get the, their butler, because in the show they had a butler. Which the show? Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen show. Yeah, but which one? That's a good question. Yeah, what was which their show? Which one did they have I a butler? They had, had movies. I just know the one... Uh, the mystery show? I can only think of... Well, that those were movies, though. Oh. The mystery ones were movies, and the only show that I'm thinking of is... Uh, it was like a sitcom. When they were, oh, when they were like, teenagers. In high school? And it started, there was an S, it started with an S. Sister, sister. And their names were like Riley and something. Oh, yeah. Oh, what was that called? It was called like, She's With Me. No. Yeah, She's With Me. <laughs> That's not what it was called. And they had shirts and they pointed to each other. That's <laughs> not what it was called. Uh, but other than Full House, that's the first like show I can think of. I haven't watched any Fuller House yet. I, I watched it. some clips on Netflix I watched the first and was episode. like, uh-oh. It's amazing. Is it? It's just the show, but with new cameras. Okay. The, and everyone's aged up. The end of the first wow. episode made me cry, Yeah. Actually. Oh, when oh. it showed the other thing? Yeah, oh, it's like, I, know, I don't know yeah. how much of it I could watch at once. Because uh, it's it a different show. It's not the it's old amazing. show. It's a no. brand new show, effectively. That little kid, though. Oh, my God. Didn't the you just say that it was the same show? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like 10 seconds it's later. Show. It's a different show. It's a totally different show. But. This is me talking about. It's, it's the same show. show. Yeah. Speaking of same show, though. Puffy. Puffy's so good. And we'll figure, we'll remember what, what? the name of that is. How did. <laughs> oh, but what I wanted show. to say about the Mary Kane and Ashley Ocean show, show whew, is that there was a joke. Switched up birth. No. No. <laughs> what was it called? That was the one with, what's her name, from um, Infringement. No, I know. It takes two. It takes no, two. I watched that movie. Oh, there wow. was, and their show had an S in it. What the heck was Sister it called? Sister Swap. Okay, Ooh, I could just go on Someone's got to give. Sinister Six. Keep talking. Uh, um, so, but there was, yeah. the butler gave them an apple in their lunch. And they're like, we can't eat apples. And it's like, why not eat apples? Because the butler had an accent to be funny for kids. Was this and in the then, movie? Was this in the movie where they had to get their parents That's Parent together? Trap. No, it wasn't Parent Trap. It takes two as Parent Trap. Wow, this picture of Mary Kate Olsen really looks like Elizabeth Olsen. She does. I love Elizabeth Olsen. Her, she really yeah. looks like Elizabeth Olsen. But the joke... So sorry. This joke is not worth it at all. They're yeah. like, we need cute fruit. Like a grape, you can eat and look cute. And he goes, you want cute fruit? And he draws a face on the apple and turns around and goes, oh, cute fruit. I remember this. And everyone just I, so you little this joke? So little so time little was time. the So show. little time. I remember this joke, though, but I think that was in a movie. Why was it called was So show. Little Time? Because they, they had, had So Little Time. Did they live in So Little California? Yes. When were they oh. on Seventh Heaven? I don't just know. Two of a, oh, or Two of a Kind. Two of a Kind. Two of a Kind starts the letter S. <laughs> So little two time. of a kind was their first show. Two of a kind. It takes two of a kind. No, but I was thinking of uh, so little time. But two of a kind was their first show. Oh, it takes. Oh, because it rhymes. Two of a kind was their first show. So little time. Mm-hmm. Does it rhyme? No, that's a forced Gee, rhyme. But it uh, sounds similar enough. It takes two. Their greatest achievement. 
No, I would still say they're. Oh yeah, and then they had the animated series. Oh my god, I remember. They this. had an animated series. Yeah. You don't think that they they're. You don't think that the Kirstie Alley Steve Gutenberg uh, relationship that they enabled and it takes. That two was the movie was that I thought that superior to anything that happened in Full House. I think Kirstie Alley's done better work. <laughs> We're all Star Trek fans here, right? Yes. Wasn't she in Star Trek? Am I going she crazy? She was in Wrath of Khan. Right, she's in Wrath of Khan. She's it's, the captain in yeah, the beginning. She. It's very distracting. <laughs> I was like, wait a minute. Is this a takes two? It's a prequel. It takes one. Mary Kate is the one is Khan. Listen, Khan, you really got to take this over. Trust me, the bigger picture will totally work out. And then you go, Khan. (laughs) All right. Two Kates and a Khan in a pizza place. So, um, what we were talking about earlier was this episode. Oh, so Dingo's Ain't My Baby have had their strongest presence in these past two episodes. They're playing the bronze for the parents. God, did you know if you. Sorry, I just have to point this out because if you search Mary Kate, both Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen come up because of the mistaken credit Mary Kate Ashley Olsen. Because that's literally, it's just like also known as because in Full House, when it was Mary Kate Ashley Olsen, uh-huh. when it was supposed to be like kind of like Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, people read it down. Yeah, instead of so a there's Christ. literally, they're literally credited as like also known as Mary Kate Ashley Olsen. That's hilarious. That's probably why they didn't want to be on Fuller House. That's so crazy. Yeah. Anyway. I served Ashley Olsen once. Like, in a rap battle? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I was like, it takes two. It takes screw. No, no, no. no, 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 no. <laughs> That's good. It was good. All I did was reference it takes two. That's it? Just different yeah. facts from it takes two? Oh, yeah. And she couldn't remember any of them. Your mom was saying, con. <laughs> Uh, cool. Uh, but yeah, Dingles Ain't My Baby, I don't have too much to say about them, but they are very, they're playing the bronze. They're getting yeah. lots of gigs. They're getting a lot, I think that's, here's something I've learned, I learned as a, having a high school band myself, um, and also just being in Hollywood now, and, and doing stuff, and making, you know, YouTube videos, I've learned that if you just are consistent, and you just make stuff, and you're pretty easy to work with, and pretty friendly, you'll get a lot of gigs. And that's they what might not be the most dingos. paying, but yeah, I think that they're just easy to work with. Mm-hmm. I think that someone's like, hey guys, we've got a spot every night, dingos every single night. Will you show up? And they go, yeah, I'd love to. You know? Yeah. And you know what? Devin seems like a reliable enough, kind of get alongable dude. Yeah. I don't think he would be offensive. I think he would probably be like a little too into Ron Paul circa 2008. Yeah. You know, he'd be one of those guys. Mm-hmm. But he's a Bernie guy now. You think so? Oh, yeah. Oh, then he would be like a super anti-Hillary guy. Yeah, yeah. And after a while, you're like, cool it down. Like, this is still just politics. <laughs> I, don't really, I don't have anything against Ingo. I feel like you, every time you're like, they're performing. Chris hates them. Because like, in Chris's mind, he be, went up against them with the mosh potatoes. They seem to be playing music, I suppose. They so that's what us. you would like to call it. Um, I, the fictional show, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Your real band lost out in a battle of bands. Yeah, yeah. I think they're totally fine. Yeah. Uh, they had better instruments, and they, oh, one time, like, that one band that beat us that one time came in with a super skilled pianist, violinist, and he oh. just made everybody be like, whoa, and I was like, oh my god. I might start learning the violin, because they sell yeah. electric violins for pretty cheap, and I know the mandolin, and Do the it. same fretboard, so. Manda violin. Manda violin. That's my, Amanda violin. Amanda violin. Amanda Bynes, I can't. Stretch it. I'm really trying to make it. I wish I had a friend named Amanda Violin. (laughs) That could be so many different things. Chris just looked out the window, by the way, just so you know. He just looked out the window and like a cherry blossom tree blossom. That's what happened. The more you say it, the more things I'm hearing. Like I'm hearing like 
a man to violin, a man to violin. I wish I had a man really to violin. Word, but it's like. I wish I had a man to violin. Because I'm hearing a man. And then I'm hearing, or like to a man to violin. Yeah. Man to violin. Who do you guys think would win in a fight, Buffy or Faith? Buffy, every time. I'm more interested in a fight between Buffy and Faith than Batman versus Superman, to be totally honest. <laughs> duh. Right? Yeah. Super duh. Yeah. But, also, um, and I also like, I also care more about Buffy and Faith fighting. Because I just, I like them so stakes. much and I like their friendship. Yeah, Batman versus Superman so is like, I feel like neither of them will probably die. Yeah. So it doesn't really matter. And then I also feel like they should just work together. I don't like, yeah. I don't necessarily care how they feel about each other. Like Batman versus Superman? No. Or Batman like, and Superman? Yeah. It's like, no, 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 Batman and Superman. Because yeah. I don't like, I don't necessarily feel like they have this like crazy established like friendship. Because like, obviously there's like Justice League and stuff. Um, but it's like, uh, with Buffy and Faith, like you kind of get to see them like, knocking along and then become friends and then like they're the only like they each you kind of get to see into them more and you know to each other they are like the only that kind of yeah you're right it's like you know how it's like you have your one friend that gets this and it's like if you can find a friend that you can bond with over like some weird like experience you're totally right yeah so it's like buffy and faith it's kind of like oh they're the only other slayers they have each other slayers they have each other to go to and they're the only one that's going to like completely yeah there's not enough common ground i know so there's common respect this, between yeah. batman and superman but i've never and i've read a ton of batman and superman comics mm-hmm. and like they have mutual respect but i feel like all their internal monologue like is always just like yeah. i never understood how like bruce had alfred well it would be more it would be more and i guess that's what the whole uh spoiler alert can i say what the spoiler is well you can maybe we'll edit it so if you guys just hear a cut then you'll know that i guess that's what the whole martha thing is supposed to be but i think it would be more it would be more concerning if it's like so like there's another uh and i'm i suck with superheroes but there's like another superhero that is technically an alien so it's like superman and then this other superhero that is also sure that's also an alien so they have that thing to bond over or yeah, why like, don't him and Mar- why yeah. him and Martian Manhunter? Even or it's John like Batman yeah. and another. I'm sure there's another superhero who's like both of his like their parents were murdered at a young age. Well, like with like the that. surgeon that is in the story of Hush, they're closer. I feel than Batman and Superman because it's like they need to have that one common also, ground. Also, it's not we're not talking about Slayer and Slayer, right? Like we're not talking about Boston Slayer, California Slayer. We're talking about these people, Buffy mm-hmm. and Faith. And I feel like when people talk about who would win in a fight, it's never like, who would fight Clark or Bruce? No. That, to me, gets into more of an emotional conversation. Yeah. But it's still not nearly as much as... And I, I would say Bruce, yeah. then. And I think that, Yeah. To, yeah. The, the Faith... This is the episode that makes Faith really who she's going to be for the rest of the series. Yeah. Um, I mean, not only in that it introduces her to Angel, um, but that Faith has been mostly just kind of a sprinkle extra bit of fun so far. And this is the one where she loses her trust in pretty much everybody. Yeah. And it also shows how much of a wild card she is in the sense that it's like she she connects to Buffy, but she was hoping that Buffy would kind of share a little bit more with her about the angel stuff. And then when she finds out that he's actually alive and she's harboring him in the way that Xander portrays it, Faith was looking for a reason to... to to kind of hate Buffy in a way. I don't. I don't think Faith was looking. I don't think she was looking for a way to hate Buffy. I think Faith is automatically distrusting, and 
maybe not that she was seeking out an opportunity, but she was ready for an opportunity to arise where mm-hmm. she could be like, I don't trust you. And it was the whole, like, and obviously part of it was uh, uh, Gwendolyn. Gwendolyn Post being, like, super evil, but yeah. she was totally, like, like planting the seeds. Like, oh, Buffy and all her friends are having a secret meeting without you. That's kind of weird. Isn't that weird that they're having this mm-hmm. secret meeting? I'm just going to sip my tea and walk away now. Um, mm-hmm. So it's like she's clearly, like, planting that, but, like, it's it's that, like, finding out, like, Faith is, like, is trying to be part of the group. She thinks she's part of the group. Yeah. She finds out. This whole thing happened without her. She's not part of the group. Then she find then she's talking with Buffy, and Buffy's not really like, like Faith is like telling Buffy all of her baggage, and like mm. Buffy's not giving her reciprocating like all yeah. the baggage back. So then she's like, oh okay, and then it's like then this thing happens, and it's kind of like, and it's like Faith being trying to be, and especially because she's getting this out of pressure like to be a better Slayer. So it's like. Faith's slayer sense kicks in and she's like okay vampire all right i have to slay him like this is yeah and it's like it's not like buffy tried to mm-hmm. explain to me why like angel was different or anything like it's like clearly she's not letting me in and clearly she doesn't want to like give me any more information so you know what like f you i'm just gonna go kill angel i guess so I, it's yeah because like, buffy didn't like give her like buffy oh, didn't trust she, her yeah. enough she didn't give her a reason to not want yeah. to kill Angel. Yeah. and then when she felt like she was betrayed the idea is and that if Xander is any kind of... Because Xander and Faith have a weird friendship, of yeah. course. And, yeah, she... It's, it's funny that the way that, Z, that Angel and Faith meet is through her actively trying to stake him. Yeah. 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 That's just like, hello, I'm trying to kill you. Yeah. Um, Me cute. Yeah. <laughs> that would uh, be a great rom-com. Mm-hmm. Angel and Faith. No, maybe not them specifically, but just a vampire, like a vampire, slayer, vampire and a vampire. Vampire slayer. Actually, there's like a that uh, Paris, I love you. Like the Elijah Wood short has, is sort of like that, right? Where the, with a vampire know. girl who were like. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Isn't that that whole I don't want to movie? It. It's like a vignette, right? I you know I don't remember. It's been such a long time since I watched that movie, but it makes me think of like a girl walks home alone at night. Yeah. Where, like the girl's the vampire. It's on Netflix. And then it, yeah, it's oh my god, it's so it's it's so cute. Um, but it's, yeah, it's like this girl who's a vampire and this guy and the guy is trying to be cool and is dressed up as a vampire and, uh, yeah. it is, it's like a me cute yeah. between a vampire and non-vampire. You know, it's a great little tension build in this show that I love is that Buffy just can't seem to keep anything to Did herself. Did I say a man walks home alone at night? No, you said it right. Okay. <laughs> I believe you said it right. I don't know. Um. a girl walks home alone at night. A man, who wa- a man <laughs> walks home at night okay. would be a really interesting film where it's just a one shot of an hour yeah. of a guy just walking home and just, no one bothers him. Yep. <laughs> I walked home an hour and a half last night. Did anyone bother? What? From where? The clubhouse. The, what? In Silver Lake, Los Feliz area? And you just, what, walk down Sunset? Yeah. Did you want to just like have like your own Sopranos intro or something? What was that? Why did you do that? Well, I didn't drive. You could take a bus. I chose to walk. I would have just, <laughs> just taken Uber. I Uber was double surge. Oh. Yeah. See, the problem is, I, I was... you could have taken the red line. It doesn't go that way. Yeah, the, from the clubhouse to near your place in Hollywood. Yeah. There's... It does. It would spit you yeah. out of Hollywood and Vine. Yeah, and then you could just walk from that stop. I'll remember that. <laughs> Revelations. Revelations. You want a revolution? I you can do revolution. even like Hollywood and like Highland even. Yeah. Uh, oh wait, that would be closer to yeah, you. Yeah, I actually that's a great point. Would it? That would yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever is the one that that's after. I don't know if I'm thinking of the right side. You could have gone. You could have gone to the Hard Rock Cafe. There's three different Hollywood stops. 
Yeah. So it's the... And they're all pretty cool decorated. Yeah. I like the design of all those stations. Yeah. Yeah, they're fantastic. If I'm going to be totally honest. I used to take the train a lot, and now I'm lazy. Nice. I should probably take the train more. Yeah. Anyway. All right, so you were saying about Buffy keeping secrets? Yeah, well, no, she <coughs> doesn't... Like, keeping secrets from people is one thing, but I feel like Buffy doesn't get to have anything that's her own, and that's a really interesting element of the show i never noticed until rewatching it and i as a teenager i can imagine that driving me crazy because like i had like my room and i needed to have like my own space and to have my own stuff and at that time i also needed to break away from my parents have my own sense of identity find out who i was for buffy lots of times she doesn't get to have like if she's dating a guy it'll last a really short amount of time right and then if she finds something special like with angel or whatever it either gets taken away or people stumble upon it and find out about it even her identity as a slayer in episode one, is spotted by, like, several different people throughout the episode. Not that she necessarily wants to keep that, like... Not that that's, like, a point of pride for her, where she's like, this is my little secret I get to keep, but that gets exposed, you know? Like, it haunts... Like, it. P- other people address her about it. It's mm-hmm. not Giles' thing. It's not Willow's thing. It's not Dander's thing. But they all become involved in her life. Yeah. And I feel like there is an interesting thing where Buffy keeps trying to just maintain her own space and her yeah. own stuff, and the world keeps getting in and pulling pieces of it out. Yeah. And especially for a teenager character, I think that's nuts. That's, that's yeah. so much tension, you know? Mm. Cool. Imagine if people just kept getting in your business in high school, and, and if that continued on, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a good yeah. kind of like, and not even like a metaphor, because it's very literally like showing it, but just having kind of like strict parents, because like my parents were always like really cool, and it's like not like my parents weren't... Um, my parents were there when I needed them and, like, obviously, like, knew what I was doing. But my parents were never, like, strict or overbearing. Yeah. And then I have friends that had, like, crazy strict parents um, who were on, like, a really tight leash. And then it's that whole thing that, like, once you get to college or once you get on your own, like, you go crazy. Um, and I have friends that did that. But, like, I, I never did that. Like, because I'll think, like, I was like, oh, did I ever have a rebellious phase? Like, no. I was like, when I got my belly button pierced, I went with a friend who was doing it, like, against her mother's wishes. But my mom literally, like told me where to go because her friend had just gotten ah. like her belly button pierced in the same place so it was like one of those like yeah i've never like anything that i've done that could have been seen as rebellious it's like there was no way to really rebel against my parents because it's not like i've never gotten in trouble for anything before but it was just like they were cool about it and i always wonder because i think about that too i'm like i wonder how i would have turned out as a person if i had these kind of like crazy controlling overbearing parents who need to know where i was at all times and stuff so yeah that's crazy. Mine were like pretty strict. Yours? Yeah, not like. I mean, they let you be a punk rocker. Yeah, they were cool with that. They were weirdly. It, it was an interesting line. It's like they were very. They only ever encouraged my sister and I to pursue the arts or our passions or stuff like that. It was like when I came home. Like, we're all very close to each other, but we would never have family dinner. That was never a thing. Like, we'd go out to dinner as a family, like, probably on the weekends. But, like, I would come home and I would just make nachos for myself and watch Buffy. And, like, maybe my mom would, like, come and watch it with me. But my dad would be working. My sister would be, like, doing horseback riding lessons or something. But we were, I mean, in terms of, like, knowing where we were, knowing who we were hanging out with, all that kind of stuff, that they were definitely, at least my mom definitely wanted to know. Yeah. That stuff she was very strict about. But it was so it was they were they were half there was things like I had a TV in my room that was never a problem. Right, right. I think it was more so that it was like it the only strictness that they really put forth was 
was not about like wanting us to be a certain way, but just wanted to make sure we were safe. Yeah, uh-huh. well, I mean, and I had the same thing with my parents because it's like, who are you hanging out with? Like, it's mm-hmm. like, who are you, like, who are you going back out with? What time are you getting back? Like, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Just like knowing that, but just, but it, but it wasn't like they they had me on. Like, it's like my parents weren't con- constantly like calling me or texting me right. when I was out or anything. Like, I just, or it wasn't like they had to like. Because I know people's parents would, like, drop them off places or, like, pick them up to mm-hmm. just, like, see what it is. And it yeah. was never like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had that. I definitely yeah. had that. Yeah. I remember, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. My parents were, like, weirdly strict. Uh, I'm, like, not weirdly strict, like, they were intensely strict. They wanted to be super cool about, like, a lot of stuff. And then their strictness would just come out in weird ways where, like, I woke up really early one morning to go for a run my friend my mom was like why'd you wake up at six to go for a run and i was like because no one would be on the hill and i wanted to go for a run and she's like i'm taking away your cell phone and i was like i don't see how these two correlate (laughs) (laughs) what was she bothered by i don't know she's also going through menopause so i'm sure that there was just a lot of stress in her life yeah but i was like this does nothing to affect any i was like this Mm -hmm. is the safest thing Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I know that we're in San Jose, but we're also in a pocket of San Jose that used to be Apricot Field. So okay. I'm in a higher risk of getting bit by a rattlesnake than I am of like anything else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, although we did have a weird van that drove around for a while, and that was like a thing where they're like, if you see this like van, like do not talk to the guy. What? And our ice cream guy outside of our middle school was super weird. Jeez. Yeah. So there were those with, things. What was up with the van guy? Uh, apparently he was abducting kids, but we never, well, I mean, we never found out about it. That, like, we never got concrete information, so I don't know, and That's I'm hesitant crazy. to be, I mean, it's weird for someone to drive around with a van, but I'm also always hesitant of, like, suburban myths of, like, mm-hmm. things like that, because they get out of control pretty quickly. Totally. But I, it, but the ice cream guy was, a, he was a real threat. He was a real danger. I Ew. remember, it's so weird, because I always think back, uh, there was this park that we used to hang out with in in my development and there's this guy who would come by and like give us like doritos and stuff and i'm thinking about how weird it was that this guy would like hang out and like give us snacks but like i don't think anything ever happened but i wonder if like i looked into it it's I'd so weird because like, a, like yeah he's like an older guy there's such a weird been, like, line between yeah. that now like, thinking back of like interacting with like yeah. adults as a kid where sometimes it was like be polite of course you want to accept things from someone even if they were a stranger and then other times it was like, no, that person's weird. And I just wonder, like, what are those triggers that make us think kind old man and threat? Yeah. But well, they're totally, you know? Well, then it was weird, demeanor. too, because we, we all had a bus stop that we would, like, like our bus stop. And sometimes, like, if we missed the bus or something, like, like I remember I had a friend when I first met him, like, his mom offered to drive us in one day. And I was like, oh, I can't get into a car with a stranger. Yeah. And she was like... She's like, you know what? Like, I respect that. She was like, one of those things where it's like, honestly, it's fine, but I totally get where you're coming from. Yeah. But it's just, it's hard because you're like, you're told one thing. You're just like, all right, got to stick to this. But sometimes it doesn't actually make I sense. almost offered Sandra Bullock a ride. I was driving West Hollywood and I saw her crossing the street and she was really stressed. And she's like, you know what? It's fine. I'll find my own ride. And then I wanted to pull over and be like, Sandra Bullock, I promise I will not murder you. Would you like a ride somewhere? I literally have nothing else to do for the rest of the day. <laughs> And I'll drive you to the place. But I was like, there's no way. There's no way this will work. There's then, no way I can offer Sandra Bullock a ride. And then did you have an, inter- uh, an interior monologue, like, and while you were sleeping, while Sandra Bullock watches uh, Peter Gallagher go on, and she just wishes that she said something? Uh, I'm more of all about Steve, <laughs> sort of Sandra Bullock. <laughs> That's mine. No, no, no. What's so the no. forces of nature? Forces it's of nature. all about Steve. I was like, With... all about Eve. But no, all about Steve is the really bad movie Steve. that she was in with What's-His-Name who played Rocket Raccoon. Bradley Cooper? Bradley Cooper. Never seen Bradley that. Cooper's a weatherman, and she falls in love with him. 
Sounds terrible. <laughs> but while you were sleeping, super good. It's a good movie. I've never seen that either. It's about someone who's in a coma, and it's about like everything that goes on outside the coma. Well, it's that she's obsessed. She's a MTA subway worker, and she's obsessed with Peter Gallagher, who always goes through. And one day he falls on, he gets mugged and pushed onto the subway platform, and he's almost gonna get killed. And she saves his life, and then she takes him to the hospital. And then while he's in the coma, she's like watching over him, and the family comes in, and she mutters to herself, "One day I'm gonna marry that man." And then the nurse says to the family. That it's the fian- she's the fiance, and rather than being like, no, 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 she just says that she is. And so the family, she like basically gets like inducted into the family while he's in the coma. And then she starts having a romance with his brother Jack, played by Bill Pullman. Oh my god, I need to watch this. Bill movie. Pullman this is so always pulls a fast one. He does. <laughs> it's it's a Christmas movie. <laughs> Real quick, let's well, just pull that bandaid off. Why would it not be? <laughs> it's so good. Oh yeah. my god! No, I, I watch it. it. Every that's Christmas. on Netflix, right? Uh, I really hope so. I'm gonna. Oh. If not, I think my mother and I each have our own copy. Great. That's a weird thing to say. <laughs> right. <in the> um. <laughs> so <laughs> she's up there looking through the window. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of, and she's kind of stalkerish in it. Uh, that sounds like saying that you're someone's fiance when they don't actually yeah. know who you are. That's something I would do. It's not something I wouldn't do, but it's something I shouldn't do. Yeah. There are many things that I shouldn't do. Oh, man. Yeah, no, that... mm. Speaking of shouldn't do... Don't lie to your friends. Don't lie to your friends. (laughs) Well, no, actually, but here's the drama of it. I totally understand why Buffy did it. Yeah. I totally understand why Buffy wanted to hide the fact, because that's a really complicated situation. Yeah. Yeah. Because she loves him, and he's not evil anymore. The last time he saw everybody, he was killing people's girlfriends. He was yeah. killing people. Yeah. Torturing them. Yeah. Working with the baddest of the bad. Yeah. So if it wasn't him... Yeah. But... Is it? Was it? Yeah. yeah exactly. You know? It's hard. And so... But what I also love about this episode is... It just shows how much of a badass Angel is. And I think that season three... Because Angelus is awesome... Season one and two, Angel is a little whiny and people don't enjoy him. Yeah. But I think season three, Angel is a great... Come into his own. Yes, he's a great Angel. And I think Dave Boreanaz is, is a stronger actor after the Angelus and arc. he's so much to play with because he's yeah. got so much to do mm-hmm. as an actor. I yeah. love that. Mm-hmm. And he's brought that back into Angel. Yeah. Because the Angel before is kind of like so melodramatic, looks like he's like on the verge of tears at all moments. Now Angel's brood doesn't seem like he's on the verge of tears. It just seems like he's... 300 year old vampire who's got a lot on his mind yeah uh, and i love that he instantly knows everything so giles is like gwendolyn post also even though she was not really tasked she she kind of weakens giles a bit in your eyes because even though she was full of shit giles was scrambling to impress her yeah and he was kind of like f- f- coming off as unimpressive yeah uh, and because it's, it's the old world for him too, you know. As much mm-hmm. as we saw Ripper in the last episode, that's not mm-hmm. necessarily who he is now. Like yeah. he's trying to build up a persona and maintain that, and yeah, you know. And in this case, it was like he put his trust in the wrong person, yeah, because he felt inferior. But what I love about Angel is it's like, like oh, I think that the glove's here, ha ha. But Angel finds the glove. Yep. Already knows the ritual. Is yep. already on it. Is already competently prepared to destroy it. Yeah. And that's who Angel is because he is a heroic badass. Yeah. And he's kind of now starting to establish his identity as the angel that he'll be 
forever. I love that Angel is not this not all men character. It's mm-hmm. like a thing where it's like, I know, like, I feel like Rick Grimes is a little bit like that, where it's like, I did some bad stuff, but, like, everyone forgives me because I've been through a lot or whatever. Whereas Angel, the whole premise of his character is he has to own up constantly mm-hmm. to what he's done. It's not a thing of, like, put it behind me, forget about it. It's like, that's a, that's a part of who I am. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Same way that I feel like a lot of people just, like, pass over, like, culture mm-hmm. and stuff like that. We're like, well, it wasn't me, you know? Like, yeah. I feel like that's, like, a weird argument that I yeah. hear a lot, you know? Yeah. No, for Angel... Angel, he believes it was him. Yeah, yeah. And he hates it. And it's like the the Buffy slip when they when they hold hands and they kiss. It's like whoa. Yeah. And it's interesting because he doesn't tell her about the glove until after they've like kind of started yeah. doing their tai chi and to make out. Yeah. And oh man, Buffy and Angel. So much there. There's and then the Willow Xander stuff where like they're doing the leg stuff. Or was yeah. that was that in Band Candy that they were doing the leg stuff? They, I think they were playing footsie and Band. Yeah. Candy. No. No, it's this one. No, no, no. They're playing footsie and Band Candy. This episode starts off with the drink thing. Oh right? yeah, oh, yeah. Where they're like knocking cups yeah. over. And, yeah. Um, yeah. Because Xander so far this season hasn't really been. He's kind of just been a tool. The biggest, like, the most redeemable thing about Xander is how much, like, is him interacting with Willow. Yeah. Because yeah. it's like, you you always knew that Willow liked him. It's so stressed, though, because it's just, uh, oh, just all it's that such, stuff. It's like this Emotions crazy, are so scary. it's this crazy situation because yeah. it's like, I, I love, I kind of love Willow and Xander, like, as a you, thing. You ship them. But also at the same, like, you know that it's not, because it's hard because it's like they've no they've, like childhood friends willow was so in love with him xander didn't like see her as that and then it's like this one second like he he suddenly does when and then someone like else willow has is just her. so well yeah. and then she, she, and he's with someone else too so it's like these two people that like because you maybe with xander you would think he would cheat on someone just because he's like fucking xander but like with willow you would never see her as that type of person so it's so hard to kind of watch mm-hmm. this play out because you're just like oh no but it's yeah. like it's weird because it's like oh they're cheating on their significant others but it's like but they were a thing first even though they were never really a thing they've mm-hmm. just known each other forever it's so. a total israel palestine yeah, situation it's crazy <laughs> oh jesus yeah and what i love about the xander willow affair or whatever it, that's a strong term for it what i love about it though too is it's like in their own, the fact that they have had these separate relationships, like they knew each other as kids, mm-hmm. yeah, and we're witnessing them both go through their first major relationship, yeah. Xander with Cordelia and Willow with Oz, and so in their own lives, they're being kind of sexually awakened yeah. with these partners, and mm-hmm. so now they are different people, yeah, and it's now getting to see each other. It's like I'm sure it's very attractive. It's attract it, it, when people are in relationships. That makes them attractive because they've secured a mate. Yeah. And so the fact that... That anxiety is gone, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. yeah. And so... And, and there's this calmness. If they're in a happy relationship, too. There's this, like, calm yeah. ease of them. That's why I wear a ring they're... every time I go out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, that's why you wear that ring. Yeah. Oh. I thought you were... Uh... You thought that it was to decode the... Yeah. <laughs> it was a decoding ring? Yeah. You caught me. That's why. Just in <laughs> case I come across a code. I've got my trusty decoding ring that I got out of a boy's life in 1992. <laughs> you know that uh, Simpsons where Marge and Homer are like 
except it's like we're it's like we're part of a very special club, the Simpsons Family Club. <laughs> except only two of us have very special rings. And, and Bart and Lisa, Lisa. Like, Woo! yep. Woo! <laughs> oh man. But anyway, so yeah, and I think that it's like, and you know what? Willow doesn't get a pass either, and I love that. Mm-hmm. That it's like yeah. the gang is all flawed. Yeah. And Giles is fighting cops and making out with Joyce and the worst watcher. Yeah. Buffy is hiding Angel. Xander is losing his damn mind over... Because it's like... And it also shows... I mean, Willow obviously cares about Oz so much more than Xander cares about Cordelia. Yeah. Except I feel like Cordelia is actually starting to care about Xander even more than he cares about her. I think that's kind of what's chasing Xander away too, to be honest. uh, And that's why it's so hard because it's like... ugh. I can just see that where it's getting more serious with Cordy and I think that that's freaking Xander out. Mm -hmm. And I think that he's hopping to something else that is safer to him because for him... Willow was something he could always keep at a distance. Yeah. You know? Okay. He was always someone that he yeah. could keep at arm's length but get that affection from. Mm-hmm. And I could totally see him going back to that. And also knowing if Willow was single, I think that that probably wouldn't be happening. No. I think mean, no. he would just be stuck. But the fact that Willow's in a relationship, he feels like there's still that arm's length there. Yeah, he wants to kiss her because she's Oz. Yeah. And it's, not that he so doesn't, and it's not that he doesn't like Oz. Mm-hmm. It's just because he wants to be able to have it. And I think that the thing that makes him so insane about Buffy is he can never have Buffy. Yeah. yeah. And that he and he loves Angel so much and his hatred. What I love and I think Nick Brennan does a great job in this episode of and that Doug Petrie did a great job of Xander hates Angel. Yeah. Hates him. Will always hate him, has always hated him. No uses him when he must, but I thought like the moment he sees him again, like when he creeps and he follows and he's staring, it's just like ugh, it just it's it's visceral. Yeah. How much that character hates Angel. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Angel's not such a bad guy. No. Nope. Have you ever saved the world to the scales that Xander at uh, Angel has? No, but you also haven't tried to destroy it. And that's our bell, which means we are almost at a time, but we are not but quite just... done with the session because we have an extra. <laughs> we have an extracurricular activity that we're going to make something up on the spot. Uh, we have no idea what it's going to be, uh, but it's going to be inspired by this episode. So, Holland, what are we doing this week? Sorry, I was yawning. Um. <laughs> Every time I try to engage Holland in the conversation, she, yawns. So she just is so over it. So disinterested. We didn't get um, flat whites today. That's probably why. We didn't get flat whites. Um, no, I have to, I really liked Gwendolyn Post's hair. Mm-hmm. I thought her hair was very... It was pretty... Nice. Um, I want to know. I want to go into uh, backstory because um, we know that she was uh, kind of like disowned by the Watchers Council uh-huh. uh, for uh, what was it? She was too fond of, of dark magic to uh, yeah, she's into dark magic, yeah, or something. It's very vague. Uh, so I want to know what happened there. That's what oh I okay. So this is kind of like an interview series, like a Ken Burns documentary about yeah. her. Okay. Or like maybe what happened with like when Giles was like, I swear there was a memo uh-huh. that went out. Misuse like we of dark were, power. Misuse, misuse of, of dark power. power. The council claims it circulated a memo about this, but Giles didn't receive it. Yeah. Okay. So this is just our sort of discussion about. Are we the Watchers Council? This is more like her friends or like different people. Or maybe maybe you're the Watchers Council deciding. Okay. Or maybe, maybe yeah, let's do, it's a documentary, talking heads can be with, like, people on the Watchers Council that uh, disbarred her, maybe other Watchers, how they feel, um, yeah. When I first met Gwen, she seemed nice. She seemed great. 
And then slowly but surely, pairs of my pants started to go missing. They would just vanish quickly after Gwen left. So after a little while, I set up a spell in the corner and I watched the spell back. Sure enough, she was putting me in trances and taking my pants. And just to be clear, I'm Irish, so when I say pants, I mean boxers. Um, when, when I first met Gwen, I just really, I, I thought she was such a strong, strong independent woman, and I, I really liked her hair, and she had so much confidence, and I just really wanted to be her best friend, and, uh, she, you know, she told me that she, that it was kind of secret, but she she was a watcher, uh, for a a vampire slayer, which I thought was kind of strange, but also very cool, because, you know, I'm, I'm really into, like, I was really into those young adult books about, um, about vampires and stuff, so, uh, I was really excited that I, I was going to have a friend, uh, that, that was in this, this world, um, and then, you know, it, it started getting a little weird, um, because we went to a lot of, uh, like, flea markets, um, and stuff on the weekends, and, uh, flower shops, and at first I thought that she was just, you know, really into making, like, potpourri, um, and, uh, these nice like floral displays, but then we started getting into weirder and, and weirder shops, and we'd pick up um, uh, animal parts and um, uh, things that I, I don't really want to talk about. And um, I, I could see that our, our, our friendship was, um, was falling apart, and we ended up having to go our, our, our separate ways. But I just I don't know what happened there. Gwendolyn Post, I'm, yeah, I'm, um, Quentin Travers here, the uh, head of the Watchers Council. I grew up with Gwendolyn Post through Watcher Academy, and I always yearned for her from afar. Gwendolyn was always that, always like the pencil on the table, just out of reach, rolling around this way and that, and sharp and down to business, (laughs) but... Oh, Gwendolyn, she always was a few steps ahead of the herd, until the day that she wasn't. I mean, I always favored her above Rupert Giles to be the Slayer's Watcher. But then things started to get strange with her. I met Lydia. I remember at our wedding day, Gwendolyn received an invitation. She, She chose not to attend. It wasn't like she couldn't make it. She told me specifically, I don't want to watch you get married because I don't care for you much. Things weren't ever quite the same from that day forth, and then I began to sort of lose track of her toings and froings, and till the day that it came across my porch that she was in America hunting the glove of Lincoln. Which to say, she was a pencil that I let roll under a table too far <laughs> and that is our bell <laughs> so there it is insight into the watchers council these are the people that are keeping you safe <laughs> thank you so much for joining us for our discussion of episode seven of season three revelations uh chris where can they find you hi i'm chris Permonti. you can find me as amontiak on twitter and instagram you can find me with musical improv troupe robot teammate in the accidental party you can watch uh, music videos I've done on Anna Fantastic, or you can come to a Hamilton sing-along at Hamilton's LA. Holland, where can they find you? 
I'm Holland Farkas. You can find me on Twitter at Holland Farkas, Facebook Holland Farkas, Instagram Farkland. Uh, you can find my articles various places on the internet. You can find videos I've done various places on the internet. My YouTube channel is pretty much dead, uh, but I'm working on stuff. So, yeah, that's it. That's <laughs> find it. me. Just find, find me. Just Google my Go name. Go outside and find me. Just walk outside and shout my name. Say, <laughs> Holland. Uh, <laughs> I'm Omar. You can also find me at youtube.com slash geeks. Also, uh, you can find me in a few various other places. For example, my improv team right now has a show at UCB Inner Sanctum on the last Tuesday of every month. So if you want to drop by at 7 p.m., we would love to have you. And if you have an improv team, shoot me a message. Uh, we would love to host you guys. Also, my team performs at a bunch of different other places. So that's at Lessons Swimming on Twitter, because Swimming Lessons was taken. You can always hit me up personally on Twitter at Omar Najam if you ever want to chat about the movie Spirits Down in the Cimarron. And you can find out anything and everything Sunnydale Study Group related at SSG Podcast. Again, that's at SSG Podcast on Twitter, Sunnydale Study Group on Facebook, and we're also on Instagram, so check us out. Next week, we are cruising. We're just continuing our trip through Season 3 because things are only going to get more intense. We're going to soon see some old faces, and things are going to get crazy. So please prepare yourselves because it's going to be a roller coaster. All right, we will see you guys next week. Until then, pack up your bags, pack up your books. We'll see you then. Tactile with people. Yeah. With obvious respect for them and not boundary crossing. <laughs> you sound like Ted Cruz giving a speech right I now. Should, <laughs> I should not keep talking. Sometimes I shouldn't say words. I If it's like there's some instances where I'm super down with it and there's some where I'm just not good at it or enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Like if I'm getting a hug from Iffy. I'm 100% oh my god, he gives the best hugs and he like lifts, he lifts, yep. well, he probably doesn't lift he lift up. He lifts me up. Yeah, oh, yeah, he lifts, he lifts, me, lifts me up. up. Yeah, he lifts oh, yeah. me up. If he lifts you up. He spins you. Tim yeah. did that too. T listens to this podcast. Tim, I, I saw Tim and Iffy at, Tim uh, Yeah, I saw Tim and oh, Iffy yeah. at WonderCon for like Great hugs. two seconds. Greatest hugs. Yeah. I literally, I was walking by Tim with like, with uh, like people and then it was like, he was, I was like, oh, hi, hi. And like giant lift up hug. Yeah. It's always great.